Remote. I'm James Chalmers, and with me as always is my lovely co-host Tina Harris-Natus. Hello! And, and not Nick Owen. No Nick Owen this week. He's uh, he's studying how to be a doctor. Pfft, idiot. Um, <laughs> so uh, we were not going to do a show, but it seems kind of ridiculous not to do a show when one of the biggest movies of the year just came out. The first official blockbuster of the year, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, so we're not going to talk news or, or trailer trash or topics, we're just going to talk... Guardians for a little bit. Um, yeah, so it's a mini-sode. Yeah. Um, and then we'll... Uh, to, to get your past remote fixed until until our next main episode. Yeah, and honestly, like a lot of people might not have seen the movie by this point because it opened on a Monday, which is kind of strange. Um, so we'll say from here on out, spoilers. Yes. Uh, so do not lis- don't listen to it unless you've seen... The movie, unless you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy. Volume 2. Volume 2. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll try and not be too heavy-handed with the spoilers, but inevitably things will get spoiled. We're also recording on the couch for the first time here, which is kind of a genius idea, except now the and dogs... of course, the second we start recording, the dogs, like, start play-fighting. Yeah. So you can hear them. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So I had, like, some, like, a list of questions and stuff, but maybe we'll just start off by... Saying whether we liked it or not. How did you feel about the movie? Um, I did like it. The more I think about it, the more I do like it. The more the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I can only have one big flaw with it. Hmm. And that is that I just found the story to be very predictable. Um, but other than that, I do really like it. I almost feel like, in a way, I can't compare it to the first volume. I will agree with this, because um, I really liked it as well, and I had one flaw with it as well, but it wasn't the story, because I didn't find it as predict- predictable as you did, I found the pacing a little bit off, like some scenes went a little bit long, some scenes were a little bit shorter, like it did just kind of, I don't know what it was, like even like the opening credits montage um, with Baby Groot dancing, and we'll get to that later, but mm. even that's me, I was like, I love this song, I love what they're doing, but like you don't have to do it to the whole song, I'm like, come on, let's get into the movie, so there yeah. were certain scenes which just kind of felt like... It was dragging a bit, like in at the end as well. I know we're jumping around a bit, but there's that bit where Gamora and Nebula are kind of like trying to escape, and the pillars are coming up. Yeah. And I was just like, this pillar's been rising for like good two minutes now. I think. I um, I honestly got to say, I fell asleep a little bit. Oh really? Yeah, because we watched it quite late. We went and saw a nine thirty session, and I start naturally falling asleep at nine o'clock. Yeah. Um, and so that was probably around about like the the ten thirty mark, the close to eleven o'clock mark. No, that would have been that's later. That's, that's like a, uh, yeah. would have been the eleven thirty mark. So it would have been about the eleven thirty mark, and that I just like you know when you're 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 trying to keep your eyes open, and you just drift off for like maybe three seconds. Mm. Sort of thing, and then you shake yourself awake and you open your eyes. So it wasn't—it wasn't because the movie was boring or anything. Oh, it was yeah. literally because like I was just falling asleep because I was so tired. 
Um, so I don't actually remember that bit. No, definitely not. No, definitely not boring. Like definitely. No, uh, yeah, definitely not boring. Super fun. And uh, what I was thinking about it because James Gunn came out, I think, the day after we saw it. Um, because, Did he direct the first one too? Yes, and yep. he's doing number three as well. Yep. He's the only director in actually the Marvel universe to do three films. Okay. Um, which is kind of cool. But he uh, came out and said that um, the story of the Guardians is one is kind of one story in three movies. Like so. They work as standalone films, but also they're part of one larger story. Yeah. And after I heard that, I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Because yeah. when I watched this film, I could say it's a standalone, but it really felt like an extension of the first one, where I'm like, yeah. it was resolving a lot of things that were kind of left hanging in the first in the first movie. Like, the first movie was kind of like, bring them together. Mm. And then the second one is like, it, you'll notice like 30 seconds into this movie, the whole theme is family, and they really yeah. kind of be over the head with it. Not in a bad not way. not like the Fast and Furious kind of way. Not fast in the families, no. Yeah. Um, but so it's almost kind of like we've kind of glued this misfit like group together, and now they have to deal with each other. And the only thing that I'll say is kind of maybe difficult with the film, stuff from the pacing, is because you're, you, you're like finally they're together. This film, no, like there's like three different storylines going on at the same yeah. time. I um I really felt like it, like I was watching like um. Kind of like it, kind of had like an episodic quality of like a sitcom sort of thing. Mm. So, kind of like when you're just getting like flashes into the life at certain points in time, yeah, sort of thing like that. So, that's certainly how I felt um, about like you know the the, the style of it. Um, I um, to continue on what I was saying before, yeah, I just I, I thought it was really funny, I really, really loved like. You, you don't get sick of Baby Groot. Baby Groot is just amazing. I feel like there's enough. I feel like I'm glad that they didn't overdo it with Baby Groot. Yeah. And I definitely am happy with the amount of Baby Groot. And I love Rocket and Drax is awesome. In it. But yeah, my only flaw was that um, flaw with it was that, um, yeah, it's, when you mentioned the pacing, some things were a bit long in terms mm. of pacing. It could have been cut down because, I mean, two and a half hours. Was it two and a half it's hours? It's like 2.17. So it is like... Yeah. It's all, it's all, I think it's but like... you stay for the credits. That's the other thing. Well, no, that's, that is from start to end. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah there were so definitely yeah, like so some that's, moments. That's quite Sorry. long, but also... Yeah, I just like... The minute that it got into... Because, okay, so many things were spoiled for us. We knew that Kurt Russell was going to be the dad. We knew Sylvester Stallone was going to be in it. We knew this. We knew that. Um, and then once you... That's the thing. Once you know that the dad is in it, once you know Kurt Russell's in it, you know exactly what's going to happen in the movie. See, I didn't. And See, I... No, I knew exactly... I knew it was going to be like, all right, he's going to find his dad, and then his dad's going to be this, and then it's going to be like, do you pick your dad or do you pick the group? Well, we'll say, blah, 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 let's blah. say this. We've said spoilers. Yeah. So if you don't want to hear this, turn it off now, because now I'm spoiling probably the biggest plot point of the film. You've got five, four, three, two, one. Kurt Russell, who plays Ego, is the villain. Yeah. And I didn't expect that. And the reason why I didn't expect it is because in every kind of Marvel trailer since... Oh, I'm trying to think. Like, especially at least the last few, like the last, last three or four, they've never shown the major villain in the trailer. Like, mm. Civil War, they didn't show Baron Zemo. In Doctor Strange, they didn't show Dormammu. But that's the thing. It's it's a twist that he's the villain. So it would yes. make sense for them of to Of course, and that's why I didn't expect it. And I should have known, because Ego isn't exactly like a good character in the books. Um, and his name is ego so really like everything you need to know is in there um but no i kind of thought maybe they'll save that for later um but i did like that i actually thought that he was 
and this is, might be controversial, I think he's the best villain they've done since Loki because he's way more complex. It's not just, you know, um, another guy in an iron suit yeah. or, like, another person with super soldier serum. Like, he's basically a god and he's not necessarily evil. I mean, he's kind of selfish because he wants to be, like, part, like the, to be connected to all the universe and stuff. But he's kind of more just, like... This is the way I can mm. better myself. And that's than... the thing. Wouldn't you be the same if you lived for five million, billion, trillion years? Absolutely. So he's gone a little bit crazy. And he's really nice to Peter until... <laughs> spoiler, 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 spoilers. We find out that he killed his mum. Yeah. Which is heartbreaking. I heard you gasp. And I don't think I've heard you gasp in a superhero film in a long time. Mm. So when that happened... Because the minute like I start talking about it, I'm like, oh my god. He did it. He killed her. See, that's the funny thing. You... You, when he was starting to talk about that, when Kurt Russell was starting to say that, you picked it up and I didn't. I mm. picked up the rest of everything, everything else. Yeah. But I didn't pick that bit up, and you picked that. You picked that up, so you you predicted that bit. Mm. I didn't predict that bit. But yeah, no, I just kind of felt like I was like, all right, so I can see where this is going to go. They're going to do like a, they're going to do a thing. They're going to do a mission, and then they come back from the mission and like. Um, what's that? We hear, like, the dad's around. And so mm. then they meet the dad. Um, and then the dad, like, tells Peter, Oh, you're not human. Mm. Even though you thought you were human. And I was just kind of like, oh my god, that's, like, so Doe Machina. Or Deus Ex Machina? Yeah, Deus Ex Machina. Even though I know it was set up mm. in the first movie because he held the Infinity mm. Stone, I kind of felt like... I don't know, like, I know that this movie was done, was, I know that the idea was set beforehand, but it kind of felt like they wrote Guardians Volume 1, and then they didn't know where to go, and so mm. then they got, like, some fan fiction-y person to write Guardians Volume 2. Oh, I didn't feel that. So, I don't know, I just felt it's... like they were like, oh, let's make him not human. Well, yeah, we did know, that, he, uh, we did know that he wasn't human know, at the end of the first one. What is interesting... Turns out evil. Because you did talk about, like, how you thought it was kind of predictable and stuff. I should have been able to predict what happened because when we find out that Peter Quill has powers, like once he touches base with the planet and you find out he has the powers of basically a god, I was like, huh, well that's going to make Infinity War kind of easy. They'll have to, like, I was like, he'll just have to leave. That's going to happen. Never once I think, oh, he'll have to fight his dad. Like I never considered that, but that mm. of course is, you know, yeah. um, what happens. Um, I Also, this is the third use now, I think, in a Marvel film where they've used the de-aging technology. So we saw... Um, uh, oh, what's his name? Michael Douglas in Ant Man at the start of the film, like they used that technology to make look, look young, and then Civil War they did to Robert Downey Jr. But the start of this movie they did to Kurt Russell, and I thought it was maybe the best they've done so far. Oh, I didn't recognize. It. I thought it was a different actor. No, no, it was him, and I was oh, like, wow, okay. that, looked, that, that looks like young Kurt Russell. It's mm. great. Like, I um, I really dug it. Um, we'll talk about like favorite moments and stuff, but I thought before we do that, I had just like some minor discussion topics about the film. Um. Couple of batteries, all good. Um, it's basically broken down to a couple of just like little different things. So I want to talk about the characters first. Um, uh, char- characters slash performances. So I thought we might focus on people who have come back from the first. One. We we did the smart thing, watched the first one the night before. Yeah. Um, so do you want to go through them like cast member by cast member, or do you just want to kind of talk about the guardians as a whole? Like, what do you want to? Um, I don't mind. So, like, okay, well, so how did you feel about, like, Chris Pratt, his performance, and Star-Lord, and, and that kind of... Yeah, I thought, I thought the, I thought it was great. I thought they were all great, again. Yeah, I thought, I thought Chris Pratt was really good. Like, 
and I, I think he's a great actor anyway, but I think like there's notable difference in his performance in the first one and the second one because he's got a little bit more to do in this one. Like he has a, a bit more of an emotional weight. Like there's a, yeah. there's like one moment, like my favorite moment, uh, one of my favorite moments in the film is when they're in the center of the planet and he said, well, you shouldn't have killed my mum. And the, yeah. the, the Fleetwood Max song starts and yeah. like, they start fighting. And there's so much weight behind him where I'm like, yeah, this isn't Andy from Parks mm-hmm. and Rec. Like, this is, a, this is a character, like a real fleshed out character who has, you know, hopes and dreams and things that have gone wrong in their life. And like, it's just, that's what acting is, I guess. Yeah. But like, he just does it so well, like flawlessly. I would also say that I enjoyed Gamora more in this film as well. Like, mm, I was going to say, I enjoyed um, Karen Gillan's character so more. Good. She got a well, lot more to do. Both of them, I think, in yeah. this film. Um, because, and like, that's the one thing I was worried about the most going in. I'm like, I've seen a lot of jokes. They better keep that like gooey emotional center. Because that's what's yeah. so good about that first one. Like mm. One of the most heartbreaking moments in the first movie is when Rocket's in the bar and like they keep calling me Rodan. Oh like, my god, that breaks so my heart every time. Absolutely. So I was like, if they don't have some gooey like Oh, I'm just like tearing up thinking about it. Yeah, and they did, like, um the Nebula Gamora stuff is wonderful. Like mm. their relationship And with... even the Rocket stuff where he's like, you know, you think you think, you know, you're really, really tough, but at the end of the day, you know, it's because you finally let people in and you can't lose them. Yeah. Because, you know, you don't fit in anywhere because you're not a you're not a real thing. You're a made yeah. creature. Yeah, so no, cool. Rocket's great. Drax, see, another thing, because you talk about, like, you like you didn't think Groot was overdone. I had the same feeling about Drax. Cause a lot yeah, of, a no, lot Gra- of, Drax was great. Because I saw a lot of criticisms where people were like, they used Baby Groot too much, and they used Drax's joking too much. But I don't think so. I thought it was no, definitely No, I don't think so at all. And his interaction, and... His interaction with Mantis in particular, yeah. who we'll talk about later. <laughs> you're beautiful. On the inside. Like, <laughs> I, do, on the inside. I do hope that by the third one they do have a romantic No, a bit... see I I hope that they I don't hope that they don't play into that. I hope that it stays like, you know, because he's so he just like he's just disgusted by her. Yeah. Sort of thing. Well she was as well by him in the end. Yeah. She's like, I don't find you attractive either. Yeah. Um, I did like as well that even though we're only move, like the second movie in, I did like that they started to address the Peter Quill Gamora relationship. Like yeah. by the end of it, can I before you continue? Go, that, yeah, go for can it. I just mention something yeah. that I didn't get to mention before? Um, I like how um, there was that joke, obviously, in the trailer where he's like, "You, she reveals your deepest, darkest secrets. You must be so embarrassed." Mm. And when that hit in the cinema, people still laugh. Yeah, I don't. Think, there wasn't a bit in the movie where I was like, "That's eh, a trailer moment." Like they definitely mm. like once you've seen the trailers as many times as we tend to watch them for the show and stuff. You do tend to get used to the bits that they're kind of setting up. He's like, all right, when's that trailer moment? But like every trailer moment still worked, I felt, for the most yeah. part. Um, anyway, you were saying about um, Gamora and Peter. I just like they finally addressed it. Like he keeps trying to address it throughout the entire film. But mm. like at the end, she kind of is like, yeah, there is unspoken stuff. And they don't kiss and they don't get all romantic and, yeah. and like over the top. But I'm like, cool. Like, and like she has that moment where like, you know, he, he's trying to, sa- he, like he goes to sacrifice himself for the team. And she gets emotional. She's yeah, um, which is good because she's not traditionally very much like she's this you know cold ruthless killer. Yeah, that's right. Who's been tortured and abused by Thanos. Yeah, and once again, I'll say this: I think this is Zoe like Gamora. I think is Zoe Saldana's best performance I've seen. Like she's great in everything I've seen. I haven't seen her in anything else. I don't think. Uh, Star Trek. She was a Hura. Oh, yep. Um, and she was in Live My Night. She did a couple of things. Mm -hmm. But um, I really like her as Gamora. 
most, I think. Yeah. Uh, as and I would say I like Karen Gillan's Nebula most. I, yeah. I liked her as Amy Pond. I liked her in Oculus. I liked her in a couple of things, but I really like her in this. Um, so Drax, we talked about a little bit. Yeah, Drax is great. Like, mm. um, it's nice to see that after being with him for like six months, because I think it's like six months later, he's starting to like kind of understand and grow and develop beyond what his species would like. Because he's just yeah, around. that's right. So he's able to start quipping and stuff, but not an unnaturally enough unnatural amount where I'm like. I get it. Like yeah. you can tell jokes. Like he's yeah. still, he's still Quite like, literal. Kind of, yeah. Um, and then um, sort of them. Um, oh, the one, oh, we talk, and we talked about Groot. Like Groot is kind of tough to talk about performance because it is. Ju- it's mainly CG. Like that's what the performance yeah. is. Um, but used so well. Like they're gonna sell a million toys based on this character. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love it when he was trying to. Oh my god! When he was trying to get the the fin, the fin. Yeah, oh god, he's was, it's and really... he's like the severed thumb and all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, no, it's um, oh, it's got, just so. We've got adorable. our own little Groot down yeah, there. Yeah, we've got grumpy. our own little Groot being all complaining and whingy, oh, huh? Grumpy Groot down there. Um, and then the last of the returning characters, which I can't believe we haven't talked about yet, uh, is Yondu. Who? Yeah, I kind of felt like for a big section of the movie, it was the Yondu story. And when you see the ending, you see why. Like, like because the ending of the film, obviously. Spoilers, yeah. spoilers, 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 spoilers. They killed him. I think yeah. it's the first. Mar- it's, I think the it's the first it's like Marvel it's film. Actual, his actual father figure. Yeah, and I think it's the first thing. Marvel film where they've killed a main, like a main character. Is he a main character though? Yeah, That's I would, the thing. I would like, say he's pretty heavily. Is he main? In, like he's not one of. I mean, they kind of like kind of unofficially make him a guardian at the end of the film, but yeah. He's, like, very heavily scattered in that first one, and even more so in this one, I think. What I did like, and some people might not have liked, in the first movie, you constantly see him, like, teasing that arrow thing where he's just doing the whistle. Yeah. And I think by the fourth time in the first movie, I'm like, alright, we get it. Like, let's just see it. And this one, like, this movie, like, we're going to show you every single time. Like, yeah. they just <laughs> be able to destroy people. Yeah. And, um, and to know, kind of, like, it was, was never disappointing. No, I like Michael Rooker a lot as an actor, um... I like him too. Um, and I really did like what he did in here. Like, it was interesting to see because they literally say at one point, like, every time we're about to kill Peter Quill, like, you spare him, like, he's, yeah. like you know, like you care about him or something. Um, and seeing his background and seeing, like, how he used to be, like, the Ravagers were meant to have more of a code than what they seem to have. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, and no, I dug it. I liked, and I liked him working with Rocket and. And Groot. Yeah, I liked him working with Rocket and Groot, but yeah, once those two sort of like divided, then yeah, it really sort of became like the Yondu and Rocket story mm. for quite a bit of the movie. Like that, that I feel is where the pace should have been picked up and that sort of section yeah. should have finished a bit earlier sort of thing. I mean, I did like it. I did like mm. all the stuff and obviously you needed it in order for Yondu to grow and in order for Rocket to grow and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I feel like that whole thing could have just gone faster because if you think about it, it's like they get abducted at the ship and then they got taken in and then they got like the mutiny mm. and people died and then they like had to escape. No, they had to plan the escape and then they had to do the escape and it just like it just kept going and going. It's and funny going. you like say all that. You're like, this is where it dragged. I'm like, wow, I, I feel like I spent like way too much time on Ego's planet. Like there's so many like planet shots. Um, but I think you do have to spend that much time with Yondu yeah, in this no, film that's right. you to justify have to. the ending. Like, I will say that's this: exactly right. nothing felt forced in it. Like this, no, yeah. Like the same way a couple of weeks ago I was talking about Power Rangers. How like by the time you get to them being a team, like you believe it because they spend so much time together. Yeah. Like that's I think 
is evident in James Gunn's writing and his directing and his character development is like if we're gonna you know if we want you to feel something we're not gonna make it fake and phony like we're gonna earn it and I definitely felt that they earned you know the ending that they gave us and stuff yeah um, actually there was one more returning character which I forgot about um, and that's Craglin and the reason why I forgot about him who's that? he's like Yondu's buddy the one who was oh like, the one at the end yeah the yeah, one who yeah. got the arrow at the end yeah mm. so in the first one he doesn't have all that much to do he kind of like I don't even remember him in the first one yeah he was there Louis. he's kind of, he's kind of like they've been like yeah boss he's kind of like yeah, yeah you better watch out that kind of yeah. guy um, but in this he had a lot more to do and I think it's because they're setting up him as being the new Yondu type thing. Like, he's mm. going to be like the new head ravager. Because um, in the first one, it's like, oh, it's cool. Like, James Gunn is putting his brother in this movie. And now oh, I'm no, like... his brother. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, he's making his brother a star. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I dug him. I really liked his performance. I thought he makes did. James Gunn's brother a star? <laughs> we do. Um, we do. So everyone coming back was great. Uh, I want to talk about the new characters as well a little bit. Yeah. Um... Can I just say... Yeah, go for it. Um, I think I'm pretty sure this is actually the first movie I've ever seen Sylvester Stallone in. Okay. Uh, because I've never seen Rocky, I've never seen The Expendables, I've never seen yeah, anything yeah. else that he's in. And my God, it is hard to understand what he yeah, says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is hard. But I will say this, I liked him in it. Like I liked him in it too, but I was like, I understand like... Like ninety percent of the sentence, and then the last ten percent, I'm like, yeah. "What sort of thing?" That's um, yeah, that's I think. Why does he? Why does he talk like that? Is that's that... that's his act. That's how he talks. Like he's always talked like that. It's not because he's been punched in the face. Or... No, I think he was probably a little bit more discernible. Like he's seventy. Like I yeah. think, like when he was younger, he was a little bit more discernible and stuff. But he's got like that, th- like because he's you know kind of like Italian Bronx grown up type things. So yeah, that really but that's the voice of mix. someone who's been punched in the face 20 times. I mean, maybe. Like, maybe <laughs> it's possible, but it's not. Because I thought, I don't know, like, I I thought that was the whole thing about Rocky. Like, you know, before Rocky, he didn't sound like that. Oh, and okay. after Rocky, he did. But I think I might have just made that oh. up. Loki was just hitting the microphone with his tail. <laughs> so if you hear, like, <laughs> a loud tapping, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I liked him. Um, so, new characters. Um... We'll start with Mantis. Yep. I liked her. Yeah, I liked her too. I felt like we didn't get much of her though. Mm. Like She's in it a lot, but I feel like she doesn't have much to do. I feel like there was definitely more things she could have done and they didn't utilise like her she could as have, like, much as they She could have alerted them have to the danger. Because she becomes that... Um, how do you pronounce it again? Dai Machina? Deus Ex Machina. Deus Ex Machina. Because she becomes that thing that is like possible to fix all the solutions so you just don't use her all the time yeah. she's like the Hermione Granger yeah. sort of thing like that you know she comes up with all the the answers but like if you have a per- character like that then the movie's gonna last for like an hour yeah I um, I do yeah I'd like to get more of her and I don't know like I think the whole I, I would have liked to see her in a fight which I guess is the antithesis of what she is like she's not that she's very yeah. peaceful and she's you know, this being a controlled emotion, she's able to make people sleep and that sort of thing, which is really cool. Um, and I, again, like I loved her interactions with Drax, but that's kind of where her story begins and ends. Like, she doesn't have much more to do, unfortunately. But hopefully, um, in Infinity War and in the next Guardians film, like she'll have more to do. So, does she actually become like a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, she's a member now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we had her. Um, I'm gonna save the big one till the end. Um, Aisha. 
Who she was, was that again? She was the gold woman. She was the Oh, one. yeah. So she's like the head of the sovereign and yeah, she... Yeah, I didn't really like her that much. I think she's fine. I just, again, like, I don't think she has much to do. Like... I don't think I like her because I don't think I like those... The characters... Yeah. They're really uppity and... Well, that's what they're meant to be like. That's, they're called yeah. the Sovereign they paint themselves gold. Yeah, like, exactly everything right. is gold. Um, I thought her delivery was really... Because a lot of the yeah. time, like, she's the one reacting to... To things happening and, like, she's the one... Because she's, like... Her plot line is she's hunting the Guardians' entire film. You don't really ever really feel much threat from her. Because yeah. she's not much going on. And because they stole these, like... These batteries. batteries yeah. I mean, like, come on. But, like, you need, like, an instigator, and that's what begins, kind of, the yeah. chase and stuff. And that's fine. Like, it comes with that great scene where they're fighting the Abolis, that big pink monster, yeah. with um, that song as well, which we'll get to the soundtrack soon. Um, so, I think she was fine. Just didn't have much to do, but I liked all her deliveries. I liked how they were essentially playing video games to fight. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. I thought funny. that was kind of fun. Um... Because, yeah, with all these technological advances, you'd think by then they'd actually have, like, pilotless, um, weaponized fighter planes. Yeah, yeah. Sort of thing. Um, so there's another character who's only in the film for, like, a short portion, but they say his name probably, like, 300 times. Mm. Uh, Taserface? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taserface. <laughs> I liked him. He's, like, yeah. the, like, the rebel kind I of ravager, like, the mutineer he and stuff. He reminded me of someone, but I can't remember who. Uh, I have to think about actually, it. Like one, uh, like speaking of Aisha, one of her best moments is when he calls the Sovereign to like yeah. dog in the guys is like, just let them know that when they captain like the name of the, pe- the one who sold them out, Taserface, and she just laughed ridiculously. Yeah. That actress also reminded me of um, uh, Sophie Turner a little bit. She had kind of a... She reminded me of Charlize Theron. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. I think because I've seen Charlize Theron like draped in gold before or something Probably. like that. Probably. Yeah. Um... Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. There's one character who has no dialogue, but in the Stan Lee cameo, I got very excited about. Um, you accidentally ruined this for a kid today. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Because I said to him, um, so, like, the watches are in it. He goes, oh, the watches? Yeah. The I was wa- like, okay, I'm not going to say what they do. Yeah. Which I is n- nothing. I never <laughs> thought, like, I'd see a movie with the watches in it. It's so obscure. Like, it's such a weird kind of... There's been this fan theory for the longest time that Stan Lee is the watcher. Oh, yeah. Because he's in every single film and he always kind of like interacts with our heroes. And now this kind of doesn't actually confirm it, but it's like, well, maybe he's involved with them because he was in a scene with the Watchers. Yeah. Um, They don't really do anything that's kind of there. Like, it's just during kind of like a a jumping sequence. Like, remember when in Thor The Dark World, when Mjolnir, like, they're going through all the different portals and they see different worlds and stuff? Mm. Same kind of thing in this. Like, they're kind of uh, Rocket and Yonders have a jumping through different kind of wormholes and they see the Watchers. Or we see the watches more. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of, so let's talk about the biggest new character, and that is Ego, played by Kurt Russell. There was something else you gasped at, where they were like, oh, I can't believe they oh, it was the included pro- that character. It was the post credit sequence. It wasn't I couldn't believe it. I was just something. happy to see it. Yeah. Um, I, there's like five post credit sequences. Most of them don't really set up all that much. It's more kind of just little fun things. But one thing they do uh, tell you is that Aisha is the one who builds Adam Warlock. That's right, Adam. Adam Warlock, saying. who yeah. is um, uh, instrumental in the takedown of Thanos in the Infinity Gauntlet book. So we all knew he was coming at some point because we saw like a cocoon in the first one, which kind of is what he goes through when he like kind of goes through metamorphosis and stuff. I didn't. I don't remember that. Um, yeah, it's very quick. Like you don't like you have to look. 
kind of carefully for it. Um, yeah. It looks like they're not doing the cocoon thing, though, because she's building even like this it's kind like of... It's like a sarcophagus. Yeah, this gold sarcophagus thing. But, um, out of Warlock's coming, so confirmed, which is great. Um, but yeah, we should definitely talk about Kurt Russell as Ego. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a performance he's done where I've been like, oh, that wasn't very good. Yeah, no, he's an amazing actor. He's so like, good he's so good. Um, and yeah, I totally buy that he's Peter Quill's dad. Yeah. Sort of thing. And when he's like brainwashing Peter, you totally like understand him from his point of view, sort mm. of thing, because you're like, like what, like I said before, yeah, he's been around for like five billion years. One life is not gonna like fucking do anything. Like he doesn't give a shit. At the end of the day, yes, he loved Peter's mum. But she was like a speck of carbon within the masses of the universe. And one of many as and well. And one of many, that's exactly right. And but, that's the thing. So, you know, you, you can see it from Peter's point of view and you can see it from um, Kurt Russell's... What's mm. the dad's name? Ego. E- no, but what's his actual, like, dad's name? Or is it just Ego? It's Ego, yeah, oh, okay. it's Ego. Uh, and one of the things... Uh, I, I guess, like, if you know, if you're going to have... So Arthur Quill or no 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 Jeremy Quill no because he's not a Quill his mum's yeah. a Quill no no I'm just joking um, if you're um, ever gonna want anyone to be your dad in the like it's so cool in it like you said that scene with him at the start like in the Corvette or whatever it is and like he's got sunglasses on the wind blowing yeah. sound, like just a cool guy um, such a yeah his performance is awesome like and again they did that thing like in Winter Soldier where they take a classic actor someone who you're very familiar with. You expect to be the hero because I always were, and make them the villain. Like in Captain America mm. Two, it was Robert Redford. Like, mm. um, and um, and you do see him as the living planet. Like you literally see the planet with a face on, and it's not dumb. Like, yeah. When they announced, I was like, "Oh, that's going to be weird to see in cinemas." No, like they make it work, and then yeah. like he uses energy to make a face later on as well, and mm. like, it, it always looks cool. Um, yeah, and it was funny, because when we left, I didn't quite know how I felt about the film. I knew that I liked it, but I wasn't sure, kind of, where on the scale I put it. Was it as good as the first one? And now I don't... I can't think of the first one without thinking of this one. Like, I I agree with what James Gunn is saying. It's like, it's one big movie. Like, yeah. we haven't got to the end yet. Like, we're still going. Mm, that's like, what I mean by, like, I can't say that one's better than the other. I can say that I like one more than the other, but I can't say that I think one is better than the other because in reality it doesn't feel like one's better than the other it mm. feels like either an extension or a different episode yeah. it's like saying two episodes of the office you know that you both really like you're not saying one's better than the mm. other because they both hold their own candles in their own right this might structurally be the most comic book like in terms of films because when you read, like when I, when you read comics, like every comic book, with the exception of origin, the origin of the character, yeah. is second act. Like they never have a third act because otherwise you stop writing the comics and the story is over. So like every comic book is second act except for your origin. Mm. And this felt like that. Like there is an ending, but I was never like, well, the adve- the adventure's over. Like, and that's why I think it was kind of. I think that's why you feel like there's pacing issues and why like there are a couple. Yeah. Of, because. In a book, you're always like, well, I'm just ready for the, the end of this arc, and then we'll keep going with the story. Yeah, and that's I think right. that's what this is trying to ape. And in that, like, I think he's done a great job. And again, like, casting is spot on, performances are great. Vi- like, we haven't got the visuals, but it's visually stunning. Like, Yeah, no, it really is. And that it's first really one is such a good looking film. It's kind of like, 
you know, how do you make a better looking film than that? Like, and everyone's going to compare it to the first one. And I think it looks as good as the first one. Maybe in some places better because you get to see like Ego's Planet, which is amazing to look yeah. at. Like so lush and beautiful. Um, so, I just love how they like, I mean, okay, I haven't read the comics, so I don't know. Mm. Um, but I just love like the different looks of all the planets. So when we saw the Sovereign, mm. Like, it just looked really cool. And then when we were re-watching number one, and what was that main planet? Like, the city planet? Uh, the one um, that they, like, Nova. Nova. Yeah. yeah. Like, that one just looked really cool. And I just love seeing all... That's one of the things that I love about, like, Star Wars, for mm. example. I love seeing how all the other, like, different planets, like Coruscant... Yeah, that's what Nova reminds, like that. reminds yeah, me of. Yeah, it reminds me of Coruscant so I actually much. thought that, um... Just checking the battery. We're okay. Uh, I actually felt that um, the, so- the Sovereign Planet felt a little bit like Asgard. Yeah, that's true. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, no visitors hunting. Um, there's, I, I, I forgot to mention How the Duck making a return. I was yeah. very so- I remember before I went, I'm like, I have to put How the Duck in. Even if it's only like for a second, I'd like for him to join the team, but if he just gets a little moment, and he did. Um, I don't know if we'll ever get to see him as an, part of the Guardian. It seems like he's pretty interested in just kind of sleeping around with sex robots. But <laughs> yeah, um, well, that's fine. Just chuck him in every every movie. I'm happy. Yeah. Um, so the last thing I want to talk about, I mean, we've got the post credit sequences. We can discuss a little bit if you want. But I, I think it's hard to talk about a Guardians film without talking about the soundtrack. Yes. Because everyone like before the movie came out, people were more like interested in the track list of the CD. Than like the plot, they'll like just tell us we need what the songs are. What are the songs? What are the songs? What are the songs? Yeah. Are the songs? Um, and, and the songs are great. Like they're really, really good. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think like unlike the first soundtrack, strangely enough, I might have known more songs on this soundtrack than I did in the first one. Like I think you love just love the fact that they played ELO to begin with. Well, they open with Brandy, yeah, um, which is one of my favorite. Like, it's a song that I've loved for almost twenty years now. Like. Mm. Uh, the first time I heard it was in like, Charlie's Angels. I'm like, this is a really cool song. And not only that, unlike the first movie where they're kind of like, well, these songs tie into the story because they're part of Peter's past. This song literally ties into the story because at one point Ego is talking about how like it's a metaphor for him and Peter. Yeah. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Like, I'm glad they chose this song and they managed to reference it. Like, that's kind of mm. cool. Um, opening credits to ELO, ELO's um, Mr. Blue Sky, which is one of my favorite songs in the world. Um, the song they danced to is Bring It On Home To Me by Sam and Dave, which I love. Um, the Fleetwood Max song is great. The Sweet song they use, Fox on the Run. Mm. Uh, I don't remember Fox on the Run. Fox on the Run. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember that. It was, in the, it was in the trailer, but I think it is in the film as well. I just oh. can't remember when. Um, the song with David Hasselhoff singing in it was fine. <laughs> it looks pretty good as well. Um, and a couple others that I don't remember as well. Oh, there's a Cat Stevens song, Father and Son. That yeah. one's good. Um, great, like, everything good, like, it, I don't know what to say, guys, it feels like a sequel to the first one, like, it is, it's the next logical step in the story of Guys of the Galaxy. Mm. Um, I think that's it, post credit sequences, what did we see? We, uh, we saw Teenage Groot. Teenage Groot. Which was funny. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know whether he'll be Teenage Groot in Avengers, because Avengers is meant to be, like, six years after this. Yeah, which begs you to ask the question, how long does it take for Groot to grow? Well, number two happens, they said, roughly six months after the first one. Okay. So he's gone from little kind of twiglet mm. to baby. Yeah. 
So if he's a teenager, well, in fact, if he's a teenager, then maybe that post-credit sequence happens right before Infinity War. Yeah. Because I don't know how like tree is compared to human. Yeah, years. and how the acceleration works. So like he might he might take a really s- short period of time to grow to baby. But then a longer period of time to go from baby to teenager, yeah. or a shorter period of time to go from baby to teenager. Yeah, so we're not sure kind of where that is. Hopefully, we'll see some teenage Groot in action. Mm-hmm. Um, but if not, I'd we'll... love to see like they're all like, "Hey, can you help out?" And he's there, and he's just like playing a game or something. I feel like, like that. that they'll be if they use teenage, and it just like just makes a branch like go out and it trips someone over, <laughs> sort of thing. I feel like if we get teenage Groot, there'll be a lot of bickering between him and uh, Rocket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think what else was in the. Film. And I love how I just love how much like they looked after Baby Groot because yeah, yeah, yeah. they were just like, you know, he's just a baby, yeah, yeah. this sort of thing. You know, put your seatbelt on. Like, even, yeah, even like Yondu at one point has him on his shoulder. Yeah, um, and like Drax like cuddling him at one point. Mm. Like, yeah, it's, that's really cute. So there's Teenage Groot. There's Adam Warlock. Oh, there's the reunion of the original Guardians. So we found out, um, as we all know, Stallone's in it. Um, he's playing a character named... Oh, I think it's like... Star... No, not Starfire. Like Firehawk or Hawkwind or something like that. His name is... He's actually got like a proper name as well. Uh, I'm not that well versed in original Guardians. But he's yeah. one of the original Guardians. I, I didn't even recognise that it was. Yeah. I was like... You were like, oh, that's cool. I was like, what's that? Yeah, Michael Rosenbaum's playing this. Iceman lookalike, the, the diamondy ice crystal So, girl. So, would you say the original Guardians? The 1960s lineup. So, even they were first created in the 1960s, yeah. that was the team. And then when they were recreated... They were this team with yeah. Rocket and the tree. And yeah. The tree. Group. And group. So, like, why did they... Why did they change, like... The lineup? Not just the lineup, but, like, fundamentally who the character... Like, because there's not there's not a Groot there. It's, like, no. a completely different species. There was a weird, like, squid guy. And yeah. there was uh, Charlie 27, played by Ving Rhames, so it's just the black guy. Mm. Um, I think it comes... Like, when like, they do it a lot. Like, the original human... There's another human torch that isn't Johnny Storm. There's a couple of from Miss Marvels, as we've said in the past. or a couple Yeah, of but Captain- they're all the same type of character, like... There's a flame guy, and there's a stretch person, but uh, these are, like, literally different... Well, the Guardians are a team the way, like, the Avengers haven't always been the same characters, and the Defenders haven't always been the same characters. Mm. So, like, the Defenders, in the comics, it's, like, it's started by Doctor Strange and Hulk. But, like, in the TV show, they're like, no, it's Daredevil and Luke Cage and, and Iron Fist. Like, they're going mm. for, kind of, a little bit of different routes. Same with the Avengers, like, there's the East Coast Avengers and the West Coast Avengers, so they can, kind of, protect both sides of America. Oh, okay. Um, so I think, I don't know when they rebooted it, my guess would be like 80s or 90s, um, when comics were kind of having their boom, and I'll probably just like, you know what, let's recast this team and, um, you know, give it a bit of shake up and try and make it a more kind of interesting, uh, title. Because mm. if the characters are going stale and people are like, oh, you know, I'm not really interested, but if they change the lineup, people might get interested again, so, maybe I'm wrong, maybe it wasn't until the 2000s, like, I, I just don't know. But, um, yeah. but that's the original lineup, which is kind of cool, like, it's a nice little nod. Um, there was another scene with the Watchers where Stan's like, um, oh, I need to tell you guys more stuff. So it's yeah. kind of a short thing. Oh, and the fifth one was Craggle and trying to control the arrow. So really, if I was disappointed by anything in the film, because I didn't actually find the film disappointing at all, like I mm. said a couple of little minor flaws, probably the post-credit sequences, because when they were like this five, I was like, oh my god, this is going to be amazing, they're going to set up everything. Yeah. No Thor stuff, 
No Infinity War stuff except for maybe Adam Warlock. Um, well, maybe. Like, Adam Warlock, Teenage Groot, obviously going to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, Kraglin training to be the next Yondu. And if we've seen The Watchers, then maybe The Watchers are going to play has something to do with the Infinity War as well. Yeah. Um, so I guess there was some setup, just not kind of the setup we wanted. Like, we wanted to see some Asgard stuff, maybe like a little sneak peek of Hel- uh, Hela or, you know, the Guardians like mm. being like, hey, we're going to Earth now or something like that. It's like, only got an 8.4. It, when it debuted, it was 9.7 and it has gradually mm. dropped. But that doesn't surprise me. Like, when it debuted at 9.7, I was like, there's no way it's going to stick around that long. It's good yeah. I was like, probably drop around to like an 8.2. That's what my prediction was. Mm. But if people aren't liking as much as the first one, it sounds like a lot of people aren't, it'd probably be like a 7.5. But that's fine. That's still a good score. Yeah, like, that's right. Um, Someone wrote, what a nice movie. <laughs> uh, I think that's everything. Wait, this one says, a superbly crafted sequel that fails not to disappoint. <laughs> There's so many double negatives yeah, in there, I can't really figure it out. Impressive. They gave it 10 out of 10, so yeah. they must mean it in a positive way. Um, I, uh, I'm a little bit disappointed that the next film is Spider-Man now. Really? Even though I'm looking forward to it, I'm like, oh, just, like, we just got back in, into this cool side of the Marvel Universe, and now I'm going back to, like... Yeah, but I... then you get to visit it again in Thor. Like, you can't... Yeah. I feel like you can't have it back to back to back to back. Yeah, Because and then you get sick of it. And you're probably right. Um, but, I don't know, at the same time, it's kind of like, oh, like, yeah... It's, it was kind of fun seeing some different stuff again. Yeah. The same way Doctor Strange was fun seeing different stuff. Um, yeah. But before then, you know what we got? Wonder Woman is out in like a month. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. So, we saw the trailer again. Oh, it looks so good. Um, yeah, no, it looks brilliant. It mm. looks really, really good. I can't wait for it. So we're spoiled because this is, this is the lineup now. So we had Guardians this month, which is April, May. Uh, June is Wonder Woman, July is Spider-Man, August is Defenders on TV, and then I think September is our only month of that comic books, really, and then October is Thor, and then November, yeah. November is Justice League, and then December is Star Wars. Wow. So it's like, a busy year. It's a pretty well mapped out year. The only mm-hmm. thing is we have to wait a couple of weeks in between films, which shouldn't be a complaint, but I'm complaining about it. <laughs> Um, is there anything else you want to touch on before we go? Oh, do you want to score it? I said we wouldn't review it, um, but we might as well say we talked about it. Uh, as much as we no, did. actually, yeah, no, we'll wait until we discuss it with Nick in order to score okay, it. Okay, so there you go. That was a very in-depth dissection of the film. I guess you can probably tell that we liked it. Even if we did open up, open up a little bit strongly with the flaws, I think you tend to lean to what... Look... Well, yeah, I only had that one problem with it. That's but it's it. even like, I remember when I reviewed Age of Ultron with Tom on Twitcast a few years ago... We spent most of the time talking about what we didn't like, and then we're like, we love this film. Yeah. It's just like, it's very, like, when, it, I think it's hard to talk about how much you like something, because it's kind of like, yeah, it was good, like, what can I say? Like, it's great. Yeah, that's right. So you do tend to kind of, you don't want to, like, kind of be misconstrued as to disliking it, so you have to, like, justify everything you dislike about it, everything you were kind of disappointed by it. And that's why you tend to focus on the negatives. Yeah. But I really dug this film. And it was one of those... And even though I wasn't sure when I left the film, the movie the other night, I, I knew that I liked it. But I was like, oh, I don't know where I kind of sit on this one exactly. And you also had a negative experience because the woman next to you wouldn't shut the hell up. Oh, she was talking nonstop and, like, texting. And that really affects your view on the movie mm. as well. Like, when we went and saw Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, mm. it really had... 
um, an effect on my enjoyment of the movie when the guy next to me kept turning on his phone mm. and checking his phone. Um, I almost went and saw it again today. And I, I actually think... Well, here's a question. Let's do this. Because the last time I went and saw a second time in cinemas was Suicide Squad. And that was a bad idea. Um, but before <laughs> then, it was Batman vs Superman. But the last film you and I went and rewatched was Avengers. Mm. And I saw that one, I think, three or four times in cinemas because it's fantastic. And it's still, I think, in the top two or three Marvel films for me. Um, oh, I can't wait till we rewatch all these movies. <laughs> Just so I can get to Avengers. Um, but where do you where do you sit on sit on this issue? Would you rewatch Guardians again in cinemas, or you're like, no, I've seen it. I can just wait till DVD um, now. I would probably rewatch it in cinemas only if um, I wasn't as busy as I am at the moment, so mm. I had the time. Because the only yeah. thing the only thing that's like holding me back from watching it again is that I'm like, oh, I have to have, like, two whole hours, over two whole hours free of my yeah, day absolutely. to watch it. And with everything else coming out as, as frequently as it is, and we're trying to watch as much as possible for this show in particular, it does get a little bit hard to kind of prioritise re-watching yeah. stuff. But that being said, like, I don't think a movie has come as close as Avengers, like, in terms of rewatchability, Like, we went and saw it on a Thursday night, and the next, uh, like we we did the same thing two nights row. Like we went out for Chinese for dinner, went to Avengers, and then when we came home, you're like, maybe we'll see it again tomorrow. I was like, yeah, maybe. And she's, and you're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, maybe. Next day, you're like Avengers. I'm like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> Chinese food for lunch, Avengers. Like, yeah. We just did same experience it was great, and I think we did that with. It was Groundhog Day. It was one of the Harry Potter films mm-hmm. as well. But like that was over the, and over again. I've never like gone two days in a row to see a movie since. Avengers, mm. even Dark Knight Rises, which came out that year, which I kind of stepped back a bit on since I saw it the first time because I was like, "This is great." <laughs> like, I watched that one a few times in cinemas as well, but it wasn't back to back. Avengers was just now. I just want to watch Avengers. I just talked myself into wanting to watch Avengers. <laughs> um, but yeah, cool. So we liked it. We'll give you our scores on the next episode when Nick's back. Um, I had to text him before and be like, "Hey, we're not doing secret shows behind your back. We just want to talk about this movie." Yeah. Because we didn't really talk about movies we watch in cinemas anymore until this show. So I was like, we need to do a show because we need to talk about this movie. Um, Cool. Well, that's going to do it for this week's rather short uh, episode of Past the Remote. Short, 45 minutes. Oh, wow. Well, that's still short for us. We only do like two hours. Um, And we only talk about one thing as well, which is that's impressive. We can make this show shorter now, Tina. So we can just be like, we're just going to review one film and get out. Um, cool, that's going to do it uh, for Pastor Remote. With me as always is Tina. Hello, goodbye. <laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, and I'm James Chalmers. We'll see you next week.